Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with His Word, and more in love with people. We sing a different song once Christ comes in. And so after humanity's fall, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, sin corrupts everything. And so really there's no peace. There's, there's no lasting peace. And if you even go back in the Old Testament, what you find is they're, they're offering sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. But the reality is of those sacrifices, they could only bring about... Watch this. They could only bring about a temporary, a temporary season or a temporary form of peace. And so God intervenes and he does what only God can do. He sends his only begotten son. Now, if you look in scripture, you'll find the word uh, peace or a form or variation thereof over 400 times in scripture. Do you think God's concerned about peace? Hello? You think he wants you to have peace this morning? He want, by the way, he not only wants you to have peace on Christmas Eve and Christmas, he wants us to experience peace 365 a year, every day of the year. He wants us to have peace. In the Old Testament, we find the word shalom. And the word shalom is actually used and refers to a state of wholeness and harmony that is actually intended to resonate in all relationships. In fact, the root word of shalom is, uh, denotes, watch this, it denotes the completion or wholeness in which the general meaning carries the idea of unity or a restored relationship. Watch that, unity or a restored relationship. It conveys a number of ideas. You think about shalom or peace, it contains the idea of fulfillment, being, uh, being secure, this idea of well-being, this idea of friendship and agreement and success and tranquility and on and on. But if you notice here in verse number 14, the angels sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And so I was saying this on Wednesday night, and I don't know if we have it, but that word peace here in verse number 14 comes from the Greek word irene. It comes from the Greek word irene, and it actually is derived from the root word ero, which means, watch this, this is really cool. It means to join or to bind together. And so when the heavenly hosts get together and they start singing about glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, what they are saying, what they are telling you and me is that Christ, the Christ of Christmas who brought harmony in the world, he came, watch this, he came to join or to bind back together us with the Father. Only Jesus could do that. You and I couldn't do that, but Jesus could. And so that's what he's talking about here. It was the late missionary J. Oswald Sanders. Here's what he once said about peace. He said, peace is not the absence of trouble. He said, but it's the presence of God. Someone else said it this way. They said, peace is a right relationship with God that leads to right relationship with self. Now, just stop. If you don't have peace with God, it's going to be very difficult to feel and experience peace in your own life. 
And so he says here, peace is a right relationship with God that leads to a right relationship with self and guides us, watch this, in a right relationship with other people. In other words, no peace this way, no peace within, no peace this way, no peace this way. You get it? You got to have peace this way if you're going to have peace this way. And so this is what he was saying. And so I put in my notes a late-breaking question this morning. Do you have? Do you know? Do you know and do you have a peace that passes all understanding? Do you have that peace that's like a river? Do you have that peace of God flowing in your life? You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, it says in verse 22 and following, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and number three, peace. Fruit, joy, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So in other words, when we look at even what the fruit of the Spirit is, is revealing in our lives, it is telling you and me that peace is the result and the fruit of righteousness. And guess what? It's not our righteousness. It's the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So on this Christmas Eve, oh, I pray that you have peace because peace comes from Jesus. Oh, listen, I said Wednesday night, God's peace is an internal calmness that creates a confident stability. With Jesus, I can have an internal confidence, but I can also be calm about what's going on. Do you know that I don't fret over what's taking place in the world today? Anybody else? Are you concerned about gas prices? I mean, we could be concerned about gas prices. Uh, somebody loved me the way that only this person could love me. Um, I've been telling you about my anger about Walmart and the little pies going from 50 cents. Some of you have, you remember that. It went from 50 cents to 74 cents, but now they've done an egregious thing. They've bumped them up to 84 cents. Herb gave me two pies the other night. It was nice. It said, Pastor Discount, free. <laughs> See, we get concerned, we get worried about all kind of things, but you know what? And this isn't braggadocious. If it is, it's, I'm bragging on the cross of Christ. I have Jesus. And so guess what? I don't fret what anybody can do to me. I don't fret what this world can do to me because I know that sooner or later I am going to see him as he is. I have a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. That's what the Bible is saying. The peace of Christ, it doesn't make sense. The peace of Christ, yes, it's like a river, and it flows, and it flows. And you know what? I pray that you have that peace today. Oh, I pray that you have the peace uh, of Jesus Christ. Isaiah in, uh, prophesies in Isaiah 9, 6, you remember this. He prophesies about the peace, saying uh, uh, that this peace that would come into the world one day, he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Speaking of Jesus, if that wasn't enough for you, go over to Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 9 and verse number 10, the Bible tells us that he, speaking of Jesus, shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. 
You go over to the prophet Micah. Prophet Micah in chapter 5, he tells us that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem of Judea, right? And if that wasn't enough, a few verses later in uh, Micah chapter 5 and verse number 5, here's what he says about Jesus. He says, and this man shall be the peace. In other words, Jesus is the peace that you need. Jesus is the peace that I need. Jesus is the peace that this world needs. Oh, friends, God sent his peace into the world because God is love. Just put a period right after that. God is love, period. And because he is love, he said, you know what? I'm going to show these people. I'm going to show them that I am a God of love. I'm going to show them joy. I'm going to teach them what joy really looks like. I'm going to, I'm going to teach them what hope is all about. As Chad was saying last week, not a hope with a question mark, but a hope with an exclamation mark. He said, I'm going to show them what hope is about. But he said, more than that, he said, I'm going to send you, son, into the world so that the world might have peace. And Jesus came and brought that harmony and peace into the world. God sent peace in the world because he loves us, because he wanted to make restoration. He wanted to make peace with mankind. And not only with mankind, but he wanted to make peace this way, right? Peace vertically and also peace horizontally. The Jews and the Gentiles were, were at war with one another. Isaiah 48 and 22. You can also find it in chapter 57, 21. They both teach the same lesson, saying that there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. In other words, peace cannot exist without righteousness. Now watch this. The Bible actually says in Isaiah 64 and verse number 6, it says that our righteousness, you remember this passage? It says that our righteousness is like a filthy rag. But the righteousness of Christ, listen, when Christ comes in, we are considered righteous, right? The Bible says uh, that therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have been made righteous with God because of the peace of Jesus Christ. Humanity had been at war with God since Adam's fall in the garden. And humanity, quite frankly, had been at war with one another all down through the ages. I dare say that humanity is still at war with God and still at war with one another. We look around, we got wars going on, we got rumors of other wars getting ready to take place, and you say, man, doesn't that worry you? It does not worry me in the least bit. What worries me is that people do not consider Jesus to be the peace that they need. That's what concerns me. That's why we need to tell people about the peace of Christ. If you have your Bible, turn over with me to James chapter 4. You see, because here's the thing, wars have always existed. And so James, we find James in James chapter 4, he's asking and he's answering a couple of questions concerning war. And if you look at number, uh, verse number 1 when you get there, in verse number 1, James asks this question. He says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? But after he asks the question, he starts to give some answers. And so he says, he's mentioning, watch, he mentions three wars that actually keep us from experiencing the peace that we can have in Jesus Christ. Notice the first war that he mentions is at the end of verse number one. He says, there's wars and fightings. He says, from whence cometh these wars and fightings among you? 
So in other words, he says, there's war. You are at war with one another. Why do we, why do we, why do we, let's, let's be honest. Why do we have war with one another? Because we're selfish. We're selfish people. We want what we want all the time. And so James says, hey, from whence come wars? They come from among you. He says, right there is number one. The second war, look at verse number one. He says, come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members. So not only do we have war with one another, we have war going on inside of our own selves. Have you ever woke up and had a war with yourself? I used to have it all the time. Yeah. Am I going to fake like I'm sick today so I can stay home from school? Nobody else ever did that, right? Let's, I'm going to do an honesty check right now. Whoever faked sick to stay home from school, raise your hand. Be honest. Ray, hold on, hold on. I want to see. I'm checking to see if the school nurse faked sick. Oh, I don't see the school nurse, right? Okay, hold on. Let's get, hey, Christmas time. Let's, let's get really honest. Whoever faked sick to stay home from work? Oh, come on, come on. Y'all people are playing games. All right. Hold on a second. Whoever faked sick to stay home from church? Oh, only four of you, right? Y'all are a bunch of liars. No wonder, no wonder you got war going on inside. You can't even be honest. Oh, listen, James says, hold on. You got war with one another. He says, you got war within your own self. But notice, he also, look at verse 2 and following. He goes on, he says, there's another war going on. In verse number 2, he says, you lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. You adulterers and adulteresses, isn't that nice? Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity. That's a big fancy word that literally means hatred, opposition, uh, or war. It says it's a type of warfare. It says the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And then he says these words, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. This is why. This is why. This is why God, before the foundation of the world, by the way, he knew that we would have wars with one another. He knew that we would have this internal combustion system of a war. And he also knew that we would be remaining at war with him. And so guess what? He says, I got a plan. He says, my plan is my son. And he says, I'm going to send my son to be born of a virgin in the fullness of time. At the right time, at the right moment, I'm going to send my son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. This is what God's plan involved. And so, listen, we have to be careful, though, because just because Jesus came into the world and just because he is the author and the creator of peace does not mean that everybody has peace. Oh no, his peace is not based on circumstance. His peace is not based on feelings. 
The peace of Jesus Christ is based, watch this, it's based on his gift and his gift must be received. If you want peace, you must receive the gift. And the good news for each and every one of us is that this gift, this, this wonderful, precious gift of peace can be received. Oh, listen, when Jesus arrives in Bethlehem in the form of a baby, he came to usher in a new kind of peace. And if you look back, look back at verse number four, uh, look at verse number 11, actually. Let's go back to verse number 11 in Luke chapter 2. Look at verse number 11. The Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so, so notice here, see, Jesus comes to usher in a new kind of peace, and it's a peace, uh, it's the peace as a Savior. It's the peace as Messiah. It is the peace as Lord. And so look at these titles with me very quickly. Notice first off, in verse number 11, the title Savior. Listen, if you have ever sinned against God, then you need a Savior. If you ever sinned against God, you need a Savior. In fact, the angel told uh, told uh, 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 Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, in verse number 21, the angel tells Joseph, and she, speaking of Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Watch what he says. For he shall save his people from their sins. Th think about it this way. If somebody sins against you personally, anybody ever had somebody sin against you personally? We could take honesty, but I would dare say everybody would raise their hand. If somebody sins against you personally, then who has it within their power and ability to forgive that person? You do. If somebody egregiously sins against me, then I have it within my ability and power to offer to extend forgiveness unto them. And so similarly, when we think about it, only God is able to forgive those who sin against God. Now watch this. Since the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of God's glory, the reality is that if anybody has ever sinned against God, which the Bible just said we have, then only God can forgive us. And here's the beautiful gift. God sent his son not only to forgive, but so that you and I could experience the peace of having, right there, verse number 11, of having a Savior. Oh, listen, we all need a Savior. And in, in love, this is exactly what God did. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In love, God sent his Son to be our Savior so that we could know the very peace of Christmas. But notice the second title. Look at verse number 11 again. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ. The word Christ is the English word for Christos, which literally means anointed or the anointed one that is the Messiah. You think about John the Baptist. You remember the passage of Scripture, John's baptizing, and, and they see Jesus coming afar off. And in John chapter 1, in verse number 29, John, we, we find that John the Baptist... He, pointing to Jesus, he says, Behold, he says, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And if you remember right after that, not too long after that, if you continue reading in John chapter 1, 
the very first thing that one of the guys who had been with John the Baptist, he leaves, he wants to find out more about Jesus, and so he goes and finds out about Jesus, but then he immediately, his name is Andrew, by the way, he immediately leaves, and he goes, and in John 1.41, here's what the Bible says. It says, he went and he found his own brother Simon, and here's what he said to his brother. He said, we have found the Messiah." which being interpreted is, watch, the Christ. He says, we found him. It's real. All that God had said is true. All that God has promised is true. And we have found him. Oh, the long-awaited and long-predicted prophet, priest, and king had come into the world. and He was the Christ child. I go back to Isaiah chapter 9. And you think about Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6, but I want us to look at that, but also look at verse number 7. Because in chapter 6, in Isaiah 9, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Watch, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But keep reading, because in verse number 7, the Bible says of of the increase of his government and what? Peace. There shall be no end. When Jesus came and offered up his life, he did so out of love. He did so to bring about joy in the believer's heart, to bring about an everlasting, a living hope, as Peter says. But he also did it to establish this peace that can never be taken away. Nobody can take the peace of Jesus away from you. If you have Jesus, you have peace. Amen? And nobody, nobody is entitled to take your peace. By the way, they can't. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? So somebody comes up on you and tries to take your peace away, say, no, sir, not today, not ever. Because his peace is everlasting. Oh, praise the name of Jesus today. On this Christmas Eve, these, these verses I just read remind us of a Savior. We remind us of the fact that he is Christ, that he is Lord. He is the Lord of all. I put in my notes, listen, with Jesus, the guilt of your past is forgiven. Let me say it again. With Jesus, the guilt of your past is forgiven. I don't think we get it. What if I said with Jesus, the guilt of your past remains? And one day you will be convicted thereby because of it. What kind of Savior is that? We ought to get excited when we talk about the fact that with Jesus, the guilt of our past has been wiped away. It is forgiven. It's been cleansed. It's been erased off of the slate. Isn't that good news? Oh, that's the peace of Jesus. Oh, with Jesus, the trials of your present, the trials of your present circumstances are overcome. And with Jesus, your destiny in the future is secure forever and ever and ever. Hold your spot right where you are. I want you to look at a couple of verses of Scripture. As we were singing this morning, I wrote this down. Look to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. The, the, the guilt of our past is forgiven. Our current situation, listen, it's going to be overcome because of Jesus. And I have a future destiny that is secure forever and ever and ever. Because you see, when Jesus does something, 
He does it once, and when he does it, it is finished. Isn't that what he said on the cross? He said, it is finished. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 12. It's an amazing few verses of Scripture. I pray this will be a blessing to you. Beginning in verse number 12, the Bible says, But this man, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Look at verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Listen, with Jesus, your peace is secure forever and ever. We have been perfected because of what Jesus did on the cross. Oh, what a Savior. Folks, if, if, if we lack peace, can I just say this lovingly? If we lack peace, it's not God's fault. A lot of people like to point fingers at God. I'd be careful if I were you about pointing fingers at God. If we lack peace, it's not his fault. Because as I've already shared, before the foundation of the world, God knowing what would take place, he had a plan and he sent his son into the world because he is a God of love. He sent him to bring this gift of love and joy and hope and peace for you and I. But the reality is we must receive the gift. I dare say that some of you, I guess, will be opening gifts either today or tomorrow. Maybe you don't open gifts, that's, that's your thing. But I dare say, for the most part, there's going to be some gift exchanging that is taking place. Can I tell you, it is not your gift until you receive it, till you take it, till you open it up. I also say it's not your gift if you don't use it for a year. Sits over on the sideline. The prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. For I know, the Lord says to Jeremiah, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. You see, when God thinks about you, when he thinks about me, he wants us to enjoy peace. So much so, so much so that he sent his son, watch this, to purchase it for us. He paid the price. God the Father lost his son. The son gave up his life. He purchased peace for you and me, this beautiful gift of God. If we look around these days, I can tell you, it can be real easy to become distressed, can it? If we look within ourselves, it often leads us to become discouraged or even depressed at times if we look within our own strength, within our own mind, with our own abilities. But if we look to Jesus, as God's Word says, right, set our affection on things above. If we look to Jesus, we will no doubt experience the safety, the peace, and the rest that comes from having a relationship with him. So I say to you this morning, if you're here and you are without peace, if you're watching online, you're here, you're watching, and you're without peace, can I tell you God's offer of peace is still valid right now. His gift is still valid for you today, December the 24th, 2023. 
it is still a valid offer for you today. But I can tell you this, only those who by faith, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Only those who by faith receive Christ and trust Him as the Lord and Savior of their life will ever truly experience peace. You may be here and you may be a believer, but maybe you're in a season where you lack a little peace. I love what Chad said last week when he referenced Hebrews 11.1, right? He talked about faith being the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If you are a believer here today and you are lacking peace, can I dare say the reason may just be that you need to exercise a little faith, right? God is in control. He's not overlooked you. He's not surprised by what you may be going through, what situation you may find yourself in. Listen, if you want peace in your life, I can tell you this, you're going to have to do some things. You say, well, Jesus is the one who brings peace. Yes, but if you want that continued relationship, then you need to make sure that you are working on your relationship every day with the Lord. That just makes sense. Can I dare put it this way? If I don't want a good relationship with my wife, watch this, then I'm not going to work on it every day. But I dare say that's not going to end well for me. And, and, and here's the thing, we see that. But when somebody tells us that we, or reminds us that we need to work on our relationship with Jesus, sometimes we, we bristle back. How dare, how dare he say I need to work on my relationship with Jesus. I have to work on my relationship with Jesus too. Every day. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If you want to have the mind of Christ, you got to get into the mind of Christ. This is his word. This is his authoritative word. It is our roadmap. It is our GPS, if you please, for success. And so if you're a believer here today, but you're lacking a little bit of peace, you're going through a season of discouragement, you've lost loved ones. Listen, we've got people here who just lost spouses in the past couple of weeks. Listen, it's difficult. But can I tell you? The peace that we need at Christmas can only be found in Jesus. The world will not bring about a peace that you can enjoy for a long period of time. Peace is found in Jesus. It's been said, and maybe they have it on the screen, no God, no peace. But if you know God, you know peace. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the time that we've had just to be reminded of your peace, your goodness, your love, the hope that we have, this living hope, this joy unspeakable that we sang about. God, I pray that every person in this room, those who are watching online, I pray that they know Christ as their Savior, that they have this settled in their heart of hearts. God, I pray that if there's some that doesn't know Jesus, that right now, right now in this place at this time, that they would prayerfully call out on Jesus for the forgiveness of sin and to ask him to become 
their Lord and Savior. It's a step of faith. All the work has been done. There's nothing that we need to do except believe and receive. And so, Father, I pray that people will do that right now. God, I pray that if there's somebody here that has a relationship with you, but maybe they're in a season where they're lacking peace, God, I pray that you would encourage their hearts, remind them that you are their peace, and that your peace is readily available today and tomorrow and the next day as we walk in fellowship with you, as we follow you as our shepherd. God, I pray that you'll work now as only you can, that people will make decisions that bring you honor and glory. God, we love you and praise you for the time that we've had in your word. As we begin this time of invitation, I pray again that if there's somebody that needs Christ, they will trust him as their Lord and Savior. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen.